You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. The JSC has closed its doors for another day, so it's time for the five o'clock shadow. And this evening I'm speaking to David Shapiro from Sassman Securities. And David, a little bit of news here and there. Two things that happened yesterday. The coronation story suddenly came to light and people are speculating whether it's going to be 250 million, 500 million or 1 billion that they're liable for tax-wise. What have you sifted through since that announcement? We have no idea of what this means. We still need information. You know, there's, uh, there was absolutely no trade in the stock today or no movement, mm. um, so, which is unusual. Um, I thought that there might be a bounce Talking to Wayne yesterday, he was he, he was pumping the stock, saying they're not an ethically bad company, and uh, therefore, uh, you know, therefore it's not their fault. Whatever it is, I why I what is so important to me, and I might not have got this point across, was that the reason SARS probably pursued it—that's our revenue service—is yes. that you know, there must be other companies who have set up a similar type of structure. Yeah. Where I mean, and I'm simplifying it, so please don't take this as being what really happened. But I'm trying to just give people some kind of idea where you set up a company, but you set it up as an investment company in Ireland, but you don't really operate from Ireland. In other words, there are no people there that are sifting through results and and trading everything. Everything is outsourced from there. Are you with me? So yeah. they would have done their trading and analysis through London or through South Africa. SARS are probably pursuing this case um, in an effort to maybe address other businesses who have similar setups. And that's why I don't think it's um, – that's why they would take it to the appeals court rather than just uh, – you know, if it was uh, a deduction that they made and wasn't really that far-reaching – they would have let it go at the Western Cape Tax Court. Yes. But I think that there's something greater about the whole structure that SARS wanted to address, and I think that's why they pursued it uh, vigorously. Presumably, the Irish structure is approved by the Irish authorities, and lots of other companies use Ireland for various means. I mean, what was it, Apple, that was using Ireland mm. um, for tax mm. purposes? I mean, there's so many of them. So I just yeah. wonder why SARS has suddenly said, well, this is an internationally binding agreement that the South African companies and other companies can do this. Why have they suddenly targeted this particular company? Is it to unearth something? Is it because they're going to suddenly yeah. put in place some new legislation that doesn't allow South African companies to do it. It's a bit of a conundrum. It's it's around that. And I don't want to get myself into trouble by disclosing how, how I've fallen back on tax understanding, you know, but but I think that um the the question is that is it a post box or is it just an investment company or is it genuinely a um you know is it is it is is it a proper business? You know, because probably what they were claiming and uh, the tax treatment was that it was a proper business, you know, that they had people there and uh, they were doing, you know, they were, they were conducting business there. In other words, buying shares, employing analysts, things like that, which I don't think probably wasn't the case. So that's what I think it's all around. Okay. Uh, you know, that's, that's where it is. And that's why the authorities, you know, today – it's 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 where you earn the money that you're taxed, and that's very important. The source 
of 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 income is very very important in in worldwide tax um, assessments. So I think all of these, you know, all of these, yeah, that, that's why people are looking into trusts and looking and delving into all kinds of uh, vehicles that people use to avoid tax. So I think this is just an ongoing uh, ongoing issue. But I, I, that's why I'm interested, and that's why I've said to and I said to Wayne, hold on a sec, let's see what the quantum is, and also uh, let's see what comes of the case. You know, when we get full disclosure of what this is all about and what this means. So I think it's I think it's important from that point of view, and I don't want to go into anything where I don't know what the cost is. You know, uh, so on. So anyway, but um, it, it it it's quite important. I don't think they did this. Um, with any malfeasance or with any malintention, misintention, whatever the word is, you know, yes. that I think they did it genuinely, but uh, they would have got tax advice uh, around it. And that's, that's the danger, you know. Uh, you can go to tax experts, get advice, but sometimes the authorities have a different view, you know, a different interpretation. Okay. Anyway, well, let's, let's see what happens. And there was no it's, trade. It's, it's interesting. There was no, no trade in nothing. the stock today. There was trade. There was lots of trade, but there was no price movement. So mm. there were about 86 million rands worth of shares plus seven or book. Call it 93, almost 100 million rands worth of trade, but uh, uh, absolutely no movement uh, during the course of the day. Uh, you know, a few points up and a few points down at the end. Mm. Okay, that's an interesting one. That's one that's not going to go away, I'm sure. Just looking at a few no. other things that came out today, and I know there'll be some that you can comment on any company, but probably don't want to talk about Arcelor Mittal, share price down half a percent. Their group financial results for the year ended 31st yeah. of December came out. You've had a look at them because that's your nature. Yeah. So tell me, I, anything I, I, noteworthy? I saw the trading update. Hmm. Um, look, it's, I mean, the results are poor. And a lot of it has to do with the state of the economy here, demand for steel. Um, they all, you know, they're also suffering from load shedding. They're also suffering. One of the big problems or one of the issues that they did raise uh, was that they were unable to get trucks to, to load their steel onto uh, and deliver to clients simply because all the trucks were taken up by the coal exporters, mm. you know, who needed them to get coal to the harbor. So there are lots of issues that are affecting companies. And, you know, they highlighted naturally that uh, that that with lower lower demand here, it was going to affect them. You know, the others are around steel prices and so on. But um, I think I think the company had you know the uh, the share price had reacted a couple of weeks ago when they came out with a trading update which pointed to very very tough end to the year. All right, so that's that one. Spur Corporation, another small company. Mm, mm. Who's in charge there? Is it still mm. Pierre Fantonda? Or is he gone? Ages I just can't ago? remember. <laughs> I think he's gone. He was there. Didn't they domicile I themselves in the Netherlands lady as well? Running it. Oh Now you've got me. Um, David, before yeah. you, while you think about it, aren't they domiciled in the Netherlands? Didn't they move their I head office to the Netherlands? Yeah, because I think Pierre van Tonder may have, have Dutch roots or something. I don't know. But anyway, the share price oh, up six percent. Yeah, good. You know, you know why they've come back from the dead. When I say the dead, they've come back from COVID, and uh, there's been a huge increase in sales of those companies. Mm. So, I mean, wherever you look, all their um, franchisees. Or franchises did well. Mm. Um, it's, it's a decent result. I don't think it was unexpected. I think all companies in that area 
uh, have have had improved um, you know numbers. Um, I I like Spur. I mean, they've been around since 1987. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's odd to think that they're only a two billion rand company, having been on the market for that long. But I, I suppose. Uh, it's not easy, you know, to uh, franchise as a franchise. I mean, sometimes all you're doing is is people are buying the franchise, running a franchise, and you take fees. So it's not the kind of company that can earn multi multi billions. But I mean, it's a pretty decent operation, and I think I think they give good value for money. I think all of their franchisees are, you know, franchises are are good. Uh, I mean, are quality food. So Rocket Mama's doing very very well. Yes. Um, so on. Yeah. No, it's a good business. But you're right. I think they. I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to get the information while talking at the same time. I'm not good at multitasking. No, you don't have to. It's a small company. And it's up. It's up six percent. Yeah. That's all you need to yeah. know. And in fact, I, the name Spur came up last night when I was chatting to the aforementioned Wayne McCurry, and he said yeah. he's not a big guy going out and getting fast food takeaways, etc. But he likes to sit down at the Spur. And have a spur yes. burger. That's what he likes. Um, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, and, and, you know, he always he didn't go on about the snails that they took of the garlic snails. He's been moaning about five years. He doesn't stop moaning that man. Took, oh, he, he they took it off the menu, and he used to love to go there for these garlic snails. Well, don't get God him God on the subject of salt and pepper squid from Woolworths. They took that <laughs> off the shelves. He can go on for hours about that. So anyway, anyway, moving on, David. Um, actually, you've got me to thinking now. When I first came to South Africa in 1988, I rented a house in Bryanston and a local shopping centre had this, not fast food shop, but you know, a convenience um, eating sort of um, outlet. And you would sit down, they had red check tablecloths and they brought me mm. this hot rock. I'd never seen that before in the UK. And you bunged your steak on it and you cooked it and everything. It was quite fun. It was a novelty for me. And I can't for the life of me remember the name of it. You wouldn't know it, would you? Red check tablecloths were their sort of signature decoration. You wouldn't know what it was, days. Obviously, there, there was, you know, there was a spur group. There was today. We still have the um, what's the other one from famous brands? The oh, my mind's gone blank. There. Steers, yeah, Steers group. Also, they were some very, very popular. No, but this was, this know, was something different. Was all, mm, something I'm kitchen. I'm trying to think of who you talked about. Had the name Kitchen. Uh, Mike's Kitchen. Yes, Mike's Kitchen. kitchen. There you go. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. There is one left, I think, in Bramfontine, oh, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. But that was, they were public. They actually went public. I thought so. And what you would do as well is you would help yourself to salads. Mm. They had a salad bar, so uh, which was also a novelty at that stage. You would just you know, take up your spoon and go and get them. But uh, <laughs> very, very good franchise. Faded out. I don't know, I don't know where, why these places die, whether they just – no, no, no longer popular, but uh, sure, that's right. Okay, jolly good. Let's move on to smoking now. British American Tobacco, they came yeah. out with their results this morning. The share price, let me just uh, scroll down here. I think it was up a bit, about 2.5%, wasn't it? The last I looked at it was down, but I mean... Yeah, down 2.5%, yeah. Uh, yeah, down 25 yeah. But Lindsay, you know, I looked, I looked through it. I've got... It's... A, it's they're going on about their non-combustible consumers. In other words... Uh, you know, the non-tobacco, but it's still a very small part of their business. I know it's growing. They're trying to attract people who 
smoke these alternative cigarettes or I don't know what they call it today. But yeah, fundamentally, it's a dying industry. <laughs> it's yeah. it's an industry that that's that the health authorities and people are trying to squeeze out. You know, uh, if you want to find the smokers, you've got to go down to the tenth basement of a building, you know, to find them stuck in a corner puffing away. It's 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 really, you know, from my point of view, you know, it's it's an industry that's coming under enormous amounts of of attack. Yes, there might be emerging markets, there might be people who still smoke, but you very seldom see smokers now. And and even if they are trying to attract the youngsters onto these vapors and so on, eventually there's going to be the same kind of attack by the health authorities on this. Yeah. So I I don't know. You know, you get a decent dividend, etc. But from an ESG point of view, I don't think it's a kind of stock that you can really justify having in a portfolio. Can they reinvent um, themselves with all the money they've got and uh, with all uh, the distribution uh, they've got and with all the business sense that they've got and the experience and everything? I mean, they've gone from smoking to the vaping market, but then the vaping market will be closed down because there's already evidence that it's also no, harmful no. to your health. So where do no. they go next? Do they just close I it down know. and pay out a massive special dividend? What do they do? Uh, they generate masses of cash. Yes. Huge. The margins are huge. There's still enough smokers to ensure that they've got very strong cash flow and you know that that they're able to pay decent dividends, but that's never been something that's. Uh, yeah, I've got them. I might have them in portfolios. I don't know if we've got any more, uh, but uh, mainly for a dividend yield. I don't have many local portfolios left, and if they are in, it's probably because they were legacy buyers. You know, they've been there forever, and there's a huge capital gain if we had to sell them. But it's not something that that I can get excited about. And you know what surprises me? That's that even in our discussions, um, still have a lot of talk around Philip Morris and, you know, the various imperial tobaccos and everything. I don't know why people buy the stock, especially in, 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 in an environment where you're conscious of health issues and other uh, ESG issues, you know, government issues, environmental issues, social issues, and so on. Mm. So... I don't want to offend anybody, but it's it's it's, you know, it's not a business that I can really get attached to. No, quite right too. What else do we have? Carp Agri. It's big, eh? Hmm? You know, it's big on our market. We can't we can't kind of dismiss. Uh, and this is the source of uh, the Remgro's money. You know, Remgro made their money by selling Rothmans to British American Tobacco or wherever they sold it to and formed British American Tobacco. So the whole source of the uh, of the um, you know, the Rembrandt wealth um, comes from that. The I'm just trying to see the size of the company in terms of um, – it, it's a massive uh, – yeah, listen, it's British American tobacco. Yeah, yeah, it's 1.4 trillion rand on our market. That's not bad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's rand. So, so. the Ruperts, you know, the Ruperts have made all their money out of Rothmans and uh, from which they have branched. You know, they still have big stakes of British American tobacco, which are – Housed, I, I'm sure in the, uh, you know, they they own directly, but also in Renette is is in the big big holdings of uh, British American Tobacco. Okay, well, whoever holds it, they've lost two and a half percent today. Carp Agri, it's a commodity company, it's a small company, mm-hmm. so that immediately uh, means that I'm not going to ask you about that. Going back it's to yesterday. Yeah. Carp Agri is a co-op, you know. I mean, yeah. They've got a few petrol stations I've, I've frequented. Next to the petrol station is a store where you can buy Wellington boots and sort of khaki stuff to go out into the fields exactly. with and things like that. It's a good, honest business, I must say. Yeah, yeah, no, it is. 
it's not a bad business. You know, no. can't take anything away. And they serve a purpose. Um, they serve a very strong purpose. You know, it's it's the co-ops where uh, you know you you needed them in farming co- communities for the community to survive. Mm. So. Yeah, anyway, All right. let's go from um, something very, very small and very honest, something that is probably honest, but a little bit wayward sometimes, and that's Alphabet. They brought out Bard to suddenly rival um, ChatGPT or whatever it's called. Yeah. yeah, And they came out yesterday, a nice big presentation, and they messed it up. Tell us more, please, David. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it's quite odd. I, I, apparently, this was going to be their whole... Uh, uh, are they down again today as I look... Mm. Uh, so they're still losing ground. They've lost almost ten percent over two days, which is massive. I mean, massive for a company of their hundreds size. of billions, I would and, say. And, and, uh, and and the reason is that at the launch, I think a simple astronomy question was asked, which it booped. So why? <laughs> I, I'm not quite sure why there has been such a sharp reaction to the stock, and why people are selling out. I mean, because, of course, I mean, Alphabet still remains an enormously big company, and they'll probably get it right. But whether this has exposed deficiencies, I'm I'm not sure. So I'm a little perplexed by the ongoing weakness, you know, uh, that we're seeing in the company. I mean, it comes at a day where, where, you know, Wall Street is up again. We've been all over the place. Things are picking up. So I thought there might be a bounce there. But obviously, people are very angry with Alphabet, and I don't know whether it exposes uh, years of wasted money. If someone has said to you three days ago that you could buy Alphabet 10% lower than the prevailing price was on that day, they would have taken yeah. your arm off. And yeah. um, so, I don't know, in my simplistic way, it was just a little glitch. And it's not worth a couple of hundred billion wiped off the share price. If I mm. were a trader or mm. a long-term investor waiting to get in, I think 10% is good enough. Get in there. Uh, it's going to happen. They're still still up about 10% on the year. So, you know, mm. from 1st of January, they had a very good run in that. And I, I think there's almost delight in knocking big tech at the moment. Of course. Um, I think we under we underestimate the power of these businesses and you know, where they will be when things do turn around. But there's a certain amount of uh, of delight in seeing them come down. So it's Alphabet's chance. And, you know, they're still, Google is still a big business. I, you know, I don't think it's going to be easy to replace it. I think we're running ahead of ourselves. But um, I, I looked at analyst reports after this. Uh, they're still buying. They haven't changed price targets. They haven't adjusted anything. But uh, obviously, there's sellers around there. And um, there's, it's, it's just reflecting the kind of volatility that we're experiencing in markets at the moment. Yes, indeed. And talking of markets, let's have a look at them, shall we? The dollar rand is 17.71, and that's a US dollar rise of 1.1% in 24 hours against the local currency. British pound against the rand, 21.55, and that is 2.1% higher for the pound. Isn't that coming close to all-time record lows for the rand? I, it, I, it could be. 22, I, I'm, I'm I thought it was. my mind. Uh, the, uh, the, in my mind, I had 22. Yeah, I, in my mind, I had somewhere around 22, but I haven't exactly. got a chart to to go back that far to see where it is. But we're in particularly low territory, you know, even against the euro now, almost 20, what's it, 19? 1908, so the, the rand, euro rand, yeah. yeah the rand has been absolutely hammered. Uh, Lindsay, it's, it could be dollar strength. I mean, when I say dollar strength, you know, we do weaken against the cross. Dollar's weaker um, today, by the way. 
yeah, with look, there's 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 still a lot of issues in emerging markets. You know, Turkey is under pressure at the moment because of the earthquake. Uh, China's been off the boil uh, after a very good January. So it's it's very hard to read currency markets. But I mean, if you take away from that, South Africa itself, I think. As we say, and I don't want to get into the discussion in too much detail, but we're facing immense issues here yes. with with load shedding and with uh, with Transnet. There are two very important cogs in the in the in the business wheels, um, in, a, in industrial wheels now, just not functioning, and the and the cost that are, you know the, what it's going to cost this economy is enormous. So there could be you know there could be something around that as well. Okay, let's go to that euro now. 1908, goodness me, that's also coming to an all-time record mm. low for the round. 1.5% stronger for the euro. Euro dollar is 107.70, and that's a 0.4% gain for the euro. So the dollar under a wee bit of pressure. So it's independent round weakness here. That's what we're talking about. British pound against the US dollar, mm. 121.70. was below 120 three days ago. Yeah. Uh, that's a 0.9% yeah. gain for the pound mm. against the US dollar. On to mm. commodities now. The gold price is uh, $3 a week. At 1874. Yeah. yeah, go on. I, there, there's a point I wanted to make, and and I I, I was just looking at uh, some of our portfolios and just going through them. I always look at them in dollars and rands, and we've had a very good dollar run. Yeah, I talk a dollar. I'm using that as a, and to give you an idea of some portfolios that are offshore. If 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 I look at the gains more or less, and I'm taking an average, so we're up about twelve and a half percent in dollars, which is slightly ahead of the of the S and P. It's a few percentage points. But when I convert it to rand, you know, in rand terms, we're up eighteen percent. Mm. So, which is reflecting exactly what you're saying, you know, in 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 terms. So, you know, from a person who's who's running a who's still living here and is uh, has money offshore. Gains 20% so far, oh, well, 18% so far. And that's, that's a lot to do with the deterioration of the RAND and against all those currencies. That's what it means. Yeah, so it's, it's you know, the, such the, an important thing. The JSE is, uh, <laughs> is up maybe 8 or 9%. But uh, so, you know, this has far outperformed the JSE. Yeah, and I don't like to stand on a box and brag. I'm not. Uh, you know, that's not the point that I'm trying to bring across. What I'm trying to say is this is the effect that it does have on a person's wealth. Yes, it doesn't mean no, to say that people ought to immediately go out and start their mm, portfolio mm, construction mm, with a RAND hedge or mm, something because it's too expensive. Mm, but on the other hand, one must be mindful that the RAND is yeah. a weakening currency and has been yeah. for, gosh, I remember when I came to South Africa in yeah. 1988, it was um, – 2.25, mm. I think. No, it was actually just below two oh. to the dollar. So one uh, dollar would buy you two rands. And okay, there was the financial rand as a side currency. Uh, but on the other hand, it's just been steadily down, down, down all the way. Yeah. I think it's undervalued at the moment, I must admit. I think it's got to come revert to the mean. But on the other hand, who would bet against any currency against the rand at the moment. David, yeah. um, let's have a look at uh, the rest of the commodities. Gold, as I said, down three bucks to 18.74. Platinum up six to 9.72. Palladium up 44 to 16.20. Onto the other commodities, the really important ones. West Texas crude, $77.71, which is down nearly a percent. Brent crude oil, $84 on the nose, which is down 1.3%. Natural gas up 1.4%. Uh, elsewhere, eh, nothing much happening. So it goes straight to the capital markets, your favourite. 
The US 10-year is yielding 3.61% as it was this morning, so nothing happening there. The South African 10-year ahead of the State of the Nation address, which I won't be watching. I shall read the <laughs> business day tomorrow and see what lies they've managed to come up with, or rather promises. No, not lies, that's unfair. What promises they're going to make that can't be fulfilled. 9.76%, which is one and a half basis points, better than yesterday. Mm -hmm. S&P 500 futures are... Nicely up, three quarters of a percent, 40, yeah. 41, yeah. 61 almost. And uh, Bitcoin, lest we forget, 22,704, down 2.2%. 2 David, I'm going to give you my top five, bottom five in a moment. Uh, but while I'm getting that screen up, maybe you could tell us, apart from the stocks that we've just mentioned, what caught your eye today? Um, just... I'm looking at, you know, mine is strangely enough, we're, we're, we're down here. Yeah. There wasn't much individual movement today. Uh, a stock that's been creeping up for whatever reason, it's one that you always mention is uh, multi-choice, which is up 3%. Yes. And it has been up the last few days. Um, some of the retailers picked up a little today, Woolies, um, Fashini, Mr. Price, for no reason that I can. Another stock making headway. Yeah. And it's the only bank stock that is really has been investing. You know, they're up at 115 now, and I've been watching them right throughout, you know, the last year, got past the 100 mark, just seem to be picking up all the time. Mm. I'm not sure what's driving what's driving investing, you know, against uh, perhaps people perceive it to be cheaper. Is it but a currency factor? That, is, is it a pound factor, do you think? I don't know. I don't know. You know, it's one that, that generally lagged the market for many years. There's new management there. Uh, maybe they are doing things that uh, the market likes and they, they're attracting, uh, you know, they're attracting attention. But, I mean, it has been a stock that's, that's uh, you know, that has done pretty well against all the other banks. Mm -hmm. I, I, um, I'm just trying to think if, um, funny enough, Wayne Stock and Mira, they came out of the trading update. I think he's a director of their property. That was up a bit as well. And not much, not, you know, not, not, not much really happening there. Um, so, you know, you mentioned Spur up about 4%. On the downside, oh, the one side, yes. Mm -hmm. the, the one thing we didn't mention is Steinhoff. Down um, about 13%, wasn't it? Yes, I know. It's a big, big fall. And that's odd because they placed, they sold um, something like um, 265 million shares in Pepco. They raised 4.9 billion. Um, and, you know, selling, they sold their Pepco down from about 51%. They now own 43.8. Remember, they were also selling off the, um, the, the international Pepco as well. What's a Pep's Pepco or something as yes. well? They've also downgraded there. So obviously, you know, preparing to pay off their debt. So, but if this was an unusual movement, it's a big, big sell off. Do you know what their market cap is now? It's 1.4 billion, which is nothing. No. 1.4 billion. Imagine what it was at the height of its hype. Gosh, it must have been. I don't know. Yeah. What was the share no, price? Was, was it in the 70s or 80s, the share 70s, price? Yeah, yeah, it was in the 70s, yeah. The other one was the soccer, which used to be net one. 
You might not remember Net One, but uh, they were up eight percent on a trading update. They gave mm. it all back today. <laughs> so okay. I don't know. <laughs> all, right. all right, let's have a look at my four actually, because I'm not going to put Lighthouse Capital in. Sorry, chaps. MC Group up three point one percent. Woolies up two point one. Process nearly two percent higher. Nespresso has been knocked off the top five. TFG though up one and three quarters percent. On the downside, Alpha Mint terribly volatile. Mm. This stock down four and three quarters. Northern Platinum down four and three quarters as well. AECI down 3.6. Anglo-American Platinum three and a bit percent weaker. And Glencore down 2.8%. Have you got the JSC indices for us, please, David? I have. Mm. A lot of work to go nowhere. We ended up 0.06% at 80021. But, Lindsay, what's interesting, if you look at the market, we were up at 10, we were down at 11. We went flying up at 12, we were down at 1, you know, and so it <laughs> went. We were up at 4 o'clock, we were down at 5 o'clock, you know. I mean, and I'm talking big moves, not, uh, you know, not little moves, up and down, up and down. Resources were down a little today. I think the uh, the major, you know, the uh, resource 10 index was down 0.65%. Um, banks up 0.4%. Overall financials up about a quarter percent. And uh, industrials also up around about half percent, nothing there. You've covered most yes. of the stuff. So okay. a non-day, what happened is that there was quite a bit of activity in the sense of mainly in trading in that PEPCOR off-market. So right. um, there was all, yeah, a lot of trade in, those, in that stock. So overall, market value today, about $28 billion. Oh, that's very good. British American right. Tobacco, the big one, yeah. Okay. And uh, Wall Street, Thanks. please. Uh, steady. You know, I'm just looking at the, hold on, at the, I can get you the S&P is trading up about a half a percent now yeah. at 4138. This has been going up and down and up and down. Every time the Fed governor speaks, it goes down. The result comes out, it goes up. It's all over the place. NASDAQ up 0.7% at 11992. And broadly, European markets were steady. Again, nothing outstanding, no major features there, but, uh, also, Siemens results were out, which were well-received, up about 6%. All right, I'll give you it's the NASDAQ. It's a company na- making a turnaround, yeah. I'll give you the NASDAQ of, and mm. the um, Dow Jones. I've got the Dow Jones up two-thirds of a percent, S&P up half a percent, as you said, and the NASDAQ up around about 0.7%. FTSE up a half a percent, uh, DAX up uh, nearly 0.9%. Cat Caron doing the best, up one point. One percent, David. Um, a good weekend of football um, ahead of us. Arsenal yes. against Brentford, and then we've got the return match. I mean, they only played last night, Man United Leeds, but because of the World Cup factor, they play again on Sunday. Leeds at yeah. home to Manchester United, which is fun. There's no love lost between those two. Start, eh? Yeah, they did. Yeah. It was a great game. You were fast asleep, tucked fast up asleep. under your duvet. You were fast asleep. I did wake up. Yeah, I did wake up to see Leeds up two one. Yeah, and uh, as always happens. It ended in a draw. Mm. But, uh, you know, Leeds are under new management. I mean, they sacked Jesse March. Well, they've got no new management. So, it's just a caretaker manager. But, um, it's a yeah, they've got no one. Uh, but anyway, big team, and they mustn't go down. The, the Premiership no, deserves no. a team like Leeds. Yeah. Well supported, always good fun to watch, if a bit haphazard mm, occasionally. But, yeah. Okay, David, thank you very much for your time. Okay, Have a pleasure. good evening, and we'll speak on Monday. Thank you. That's David Shapiro sure. from Sassman Bye. Securities. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position 
or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer, or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision, and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.